0: It's the BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. Your daily download of x 929s 9s X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna.
1: It is Monday, May 16th, 2022. I'm Shauna. Beckler is away this week. He uh, got his new house, so he's doing a bunch of rentals right now, and he's busy with all that. Uh, looks awesome. I'm super stoked for him. Uh, yeah, they got this this great house, and they're just doing some, uh, some updates, some upgrades, so he took the week to do that. It's just me. Not going to lie to you. Um, Maybe one of the most inopportune times to have to do the show solo because I wound up getting tickets to go to Flames game seven last night. I did not get home until one, probably got to bed around two, was up at four. I'm very, very lacking in sleep right now, but still running off the adrenaline of that game. I don't know if you watched any of it. I'm sorry if you're not a Flames fan and you're not local, but uh, it's kind of the thing that everybody in the city is chatting about. In fact, it was so darn quiet this morning When I tried to get into work, I couldn't believe it because I think a lot of people were out partying pretty late last night. The Red Mile uh, happened, I'll talk more about this in the show as well, but um, basically all of 17th Ave right in front of the station here was shut down last night. They shut down about nine blocks of the street and everybody was parading down it even though it was a Sunday night, it was midnight. It was packed as if it was a Saturday night in one of the busiest cities in Canada. I swear to God, it was absolutely insane. Um, I have not seen anything like it. I am still just excited from all the events of what unfolded with that game last night. Um, See it live was crazy, and I'll explain why I saw it live as well. It's a a bit of a funny story, and it has to do with some very serious superstitions. So we'll get to that shortly. We also have etymology about things that used to happen at weddings. There's a very concerned fan who thinks that things are gonna go very badly during the Battle of Alberta. Uh, He is not excited for it at all, and he brings up some interesting points. I have a few suggestions on the renaming of that viewing area outside of the Flames because I, I don't like it and I think I've got some better ideas on what we could call that area as we head into round two. There's something happening in commercials right now that I think is a little bit over the top and I think we need to slow it down on, okay? And we'll talk about some snobs. But 1st your out of context clip of the show. Your family will live happily ever after if you only buy the shoehorn. The BNS and 20 Minutes or
0: Less podcast. Woo! Flames! Yas!
1: yo ho Uh, I was able, I was lucky enough to go to the game last night. Uh, It was actually a fairly last-minute decision, and it's because of some of the superstitions that came with this game, okay, I wanted to talk a little bit about this, because now as the Flames got deeper, and as the nerves started to get more and more so, uh, I noticed that a lot of my friends who I didn't think were superstitious were in fact superstitious. One friend was supposed to go snowboarding with me yesterday, and he actually messaged me on Friday night after the Flames lost, and he said, look, I can't go snowboarding on Sunday anymore. I said, oh, that's okay, man. Like, it's totally fine. I understand. And he said, I have to do my regular routine on Sunday before the game, okay, which means that I have to go to the Dome early. Uh, I have to be around at 4 o'clock, and I know we won't get back for that if we snowboard. So I said, no, that's okay. And he said, yeah, because the Flames are going to lose again if I don't go to my tradition of what I do with every home game. So there you go. That was the first one. And I, again, to each their own, right? Like, I understand, Okay. And uh, actually, the reason that I was able to go to the game was also because of a superstition. Uh, A friend of mine is, again, diehard Flames fan. He's had Flame Seasons tickets for ages. He has been to Game 7s of the Flames of the past. And every time he does, they've lost. So on Saturday night, I was chatting with a friend of mine. And he's like, yeah, my buddy is actually, yeah, he's not going to the game on Sunday. And I said, well, why not? He said, well, because they've lost every time it goes to a Game 7. So he's going to sell his tickets because he's the jinx. So then I turned to my friend and said, well, what's he selling the tickets for? And he said, well, he's going to sell them for face value. And I was like, I will 100% buy those tickets. He is that diehard of a fan that he has seasons tickets. He is a diehard Flames fan, but he refused to go to game seven because they've lost every game seven in the past. And he truly believed he was the jinx. He gave up his at home game seven tickets. Okay. In the playoffs. Because he is that devoted. So, Kyle, I'd like to thank you because because of you, I got to go to the game. It was unbelievable. And, of course, you are the reason that the Flames won. Because if you had gone, you probably would have jinxed them, right? So, thank you. That was quite the game to be at. My God. But it's always fascinating to see how people's superstitions start to ramp up as as you get deeper. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like for the next round. And when they go on after that, right? Can't imagine. Even if you're not superstitious, I find you you start to become it a little bit as the team gets deeper, so this is going to be amazing. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I don't know if anybody else has realized this, but it seems a bit like ads these days are really playing to our emotional side. Now, I don't know if it's the the pandemic that spurred this and people are just a a little more sensitive when it comes to family and that kind of thing because, you know, maybe you you weren't able to see them as much as you'd like or whatever, but, uh, like, there's car ads now that are like, This car will help you reconnect with your family. Buy this house and you will create the best memories of your family's life. Like, I saw an ad for Windows the other day. And the underlying message of this ad was, these windows will change your family's life. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. Good windows are important. I understand this. But they're they're going to change my life? Like... That's a a pretty intense claim here. A window is going to change my entire life? Like, I just have to buy these windows and all of a sudden my my luck and everything about my life is going to immediately change for the better? They're windows. Really? Really? There's also a car ad that was recently that was like, if you buy this car, you will immediately be attractive to every lady in the world. That's kind of an underlying message for a lot of car ads, in fact. And then they show all these good looking ladies staring as you drive by in this new car. Yeah, just just buy that Kia. And all the hottest women in the world are actually going to all of a sudden be drawn to you. I don't know if you know it's how these cars work. There was a house ad recently even that was implying if you have a nice house, you are going to get your dream job. Like that's all you need. Got a good house? Great. You're going to get your dream job as well. Everything's going to come up, Shauna, okay? A little bit over the top. I'm also wondering, though, how far this is going to go, you know? Like, with this emotional feeling, like, oh, yes, if you buy this house, you will actually save thousands of babies. You will rescue babies. Just buy this house, and there you go. Oh, this dishcloth right here. Solves world hunger. Yep. Yeah. Dishcloths. Solving world hunger since 1959. Buy this shoehorn, and Earth will be saved. Okay? Yes, you heard me. Your family will live happily ever after if you only buy the shoehorn. V and S in 20 minutes or less. Okay, here's a TV trope for you. Maybe it's not a trope. I'll let you be the judge. Uh, but we like to talk about things that happen in TV and movies that may- maybe doesn't happen in real life. But here's what. The fact that if you have an office job, you will inevitably do the old horizontal hula on the office desk. So if you're a white-collar professional and you have this, this private office, you must do the jibbity-bibbity on your desk. Okay, this happens in every movie and TV show. There's often a bunch of papers, of course, that get pushed aside, and it's always very intense and steamy, and there may or may not be a dramatic tie-pull in the process, right? But it happens in just about every TV series or movie that involves an office. Here's the thing, though. I've never had my own office, because in radio, of course, we share the studio with all the other radio jocks. So... I mean, this one's, it's all windows and it looks on to 17th. So there's, there's zero privacy at all here. So I've never really had the opportunity to invite somebody into my private office. But those of you who have, I'd like to know, how often does this actually happen? Like, does everybody with their own office do the desk cha-cha like this? By the way, there's a common rule in radio to not have any type of couch or bed in a radio station because there, there used to be a lot of live radio DJs who would work overnight and, well, that's when the magic would happen there, both on the air and off, okay? There are still a few couches, in fact, in radio stations that are relics of the past, and, well, if you ever see one, okay, I would recommend not touching it. Those couches are haunted. Like, I swear, if you sit on them, okay, the dongs of Christmas past will come flying out. Just, you sit, whoo, woo, and you're just, oh, jeez, dongs everywhere. Like, dongs with wings, I envision, just come flying out of that couch if you sit on it. So, furniture and radio stations, not... Not good for that. But as for the whole private office thing, though, I am intrigued. Like, does this actually happen? You're going to have to let me know. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Of course, it's official. The Battle of Alberta is happening. It kicks off on Wednesday. And I'm freaking stoked about this, but you've added a different perspective. You're an Oilers fan, and you said you're actually not excited for this outcome. Why?
0: Well, no matter what happens, the the team that wins is great, good, on equal board. Yeah. But both teams have shitty fans. And... It's gonna be a sad outcome for the fans because they're gonna be out.
1: <laughs> now, we talked about this a little bit recently. It, am I biased? I think Oilers fans are crappy fans. I think Flames fans are better fans.
0: Uh, not as an Oilers fan in, in the Calgary area.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yep. So you would so have you, a different perspective than I.
0: Yeah, and but but the Oilers fans are horrible. Also. Yeah. I'm thinking like no matter what. That's what I mean. No matter what happens here it's going to be ugly like it's going to be sore losers
1: Interesting. and because
0: the two teams are so close you know, geographically it's just going to be nasty okay I just hope people don't do something stupid
1: <sighs> man it's so tough because I, like I am so excited for a battle of Alberta I think it's great for the province
0: oh I'm with it like it's going to be massive
1: but I, I really hope that the fans can not ruin it
0: yeah know? just embrace it for how great it's going to be yeah Whichever team manages not to win, take the loss as hey, you know what? We got through the second round. Yeah, it was awesome. We're back next year. Let's move forward.
1: Yeah. How do? We... But
0: you just know that that like how many times you've been to a Flames Oilers game? There's fights. Yeah. All the time. So I just now that it's got so much importance behind it, it's just like oh man, I hope that they like, don't ruin this. This is just amazing thing that's about to happen. Let's not ruin it. Let's just embrace it, enjoy it. Make it awesome, and just if you lose, you lose.
1: Yeah, let's. uh, It's a good reminder. Let's just pass that along. Let's start now. We've got till Wednesday to kind of um, you know brace ourselves and make sure that we can hate the Oilers, but do it in a in a way where we're not being violent. And yeah. And I'll hate
0: the Flames, and whoever wins, I will cheer for that team moving forward. Okay. Because either way, I want Alberta to go as deep as possible. The
1: BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast.
0: Etymology with Shauna.
1: This etymology is a bit different because it's more the etymology of wedding traditions as a whole. I was reading about the origin of the best man a little bit. The best man at a wedding, of course, who stands beside the groom. And I was like, I wonder where that whole tradition began. And of course, weddings are full of traditions. A lot of them that people are like, could probably do without these days. Uh, Mainly the whole like garter belt thing where the guy has to go up a girl's dress. And a lot of people don't do that very much anymore because it's a little bit awkward when you think about it. You know, you're going up. girlfriend's dress while grandma's watching just something about that has always been a bit strange to me but anyway the best man this one's a bit frigged Um, the tradition of the best man started with the Germanic Goths they believe in the 16th century and the best man's job back then was to steal the bride from a neighboring community or from the disapproving family back then it was very common to capture your bride that's what you used to do You used to actually steal her away and marry her okay so he was the most likely to also be the best swordsman because he had to of course defend himself and uh... well the wife from the disapproving family and angry communities now in other traditions the groomsmen were actually called the brides knights because their job was to actually help protect her, her dowry, or the money she was worth, and her virginity. So the bride's knights, in that regard, were a little bit different. They were protecting on the other side. Also, this is really strange, but when I was reading about traditions of the wedding, there there used to also be a lot of shoe-throwing involved in weddings. The groom used to symbolically strike the bride with a shoe to establish his authority on her. Okay, again, these were different times the bride would then throw shoes at their bridesmaids instead of what we now do as a bouquet right instead she would throw the shoes at the bridesmaids to see who would marry next and the bridesmaid that caught that shoe was then the next wed then the bridesmaid would throw her shoe at the men and the first guy to be hit by her shoe was the one who she would marry so this was all very bizarre, but there was a lot of shoe throwing. um I'm really happy that we've settled on bouquets because those those hurt a lot less when you get hit with them. Especially now with the way those stilettos and stuff are, like, can you imagine getting one of those? Those actually could stab you in the eye. Now that wouldn't be good. You could actually go blind. Etymology with Shauna. in 20 minutes or less. I have some friends who love to go to really fancy restaurants and. It- Don't get me wrong. I do, too. Uh, I just I don't get to go that often because, of course, they're very expensive. But uh, my friends will sometimes show me these menus at these places afterward because, you know, they'll always give you the menu to kind of have as a souvenir. And it's kind of funny because I find the descriptions on these menus are just a wee bit pretentious. Like you can hardly understand them because they like to toss in words that aren't english and are other languages to make things sound fancier right and it's not even really their fault because some really simple foods have these fancy names that make them sound a lot higher class than they even are like things like foie gras which is just duck liver right or escargot which are snails but we say escargot even the word aioli i mean aioli is just another word for mayo we fancied up our mayo as oh no but it's aioli or the word sweetbreads which i mean that means lamb pancreas sweetbread sounds a lot more appealing doesn't it but those words will be tossed in these menu descriptors and you know half the time i read them and i'm like do we have google translate for menus because i think i would appreciate that like what do these words even what do these mean right I actually was trying to do this myself. I wanted to take some very simple menu items and try and make them sound fancy. So, got a couple here for you. The first one, okay? Ready for it? Berry compote on fire roasted leavened grains. Should have said that more snobby. Berry compote on fire roasted leavened grains. That's just toast and jam. Think about it, right? The berry compote is just jam, and fire roasted loven grains is just a really obnoxious way of saying toasted bread. So there you go. Sounds way fancier, though, doesn't it? How about this one? Spice cured Wienerwurst with cultured milk atop a tomato puree pen fume. Spice cured Wienerwurst with cultured milk, okay, atop a tomato puree pen fume. That's just pizza. Okay, cured viener first is pepperoni. Cultured milk is another word for cheese. Tomato puree, well, that's just tomato sauce. And ban is just fire-roasted bread, really. So there you go. But look at how much fancier that sounds, okay? Menus should just be a little bit simpler. Or actually, somebody come up with a Google Translate for menus, okay? So we don't have to hear berry compote and fire-roasted 11 grains. Be like, what are you saying? Okay, get your head up out of your ass. And tell me what that really means. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I am still wired from the game last night. Um, I went to it beyond my better judgment. I uh, didn't get to bed until about one, was up three hours later. Uh, I think I may be a little bit tipsy from the booze and being overtired. It's just a, it's just a grand old time, but you know what? Totally worth it to watch that game. Uh, I have one little little objection, however, Um, you know the Red Lot, that place that is in front of the dome where people go to watch the game? It was absolutely insane last night when I was walking by it. Um, I think we could do with a better name, okay? And now that we're moving on to the next round and it's going to be even more insane in that area, I'm thinking that maybe we should brainstorm a name that could be a little bit better than Red Lot. I just, I understand, okay, Red Mile, Red Lot, but... With the flames, like, I feel like we could do just a little bit better in the naming of that thing. I have some suggestions here that I was thinking about when I couldn't sleep in the small three hours I actually did try and sleep. Uh, here's a few, okay? So let me know what you think about these ones. What about the broiler, okay? Because it's the flames, the broiler. Could that not be what the viewing area is called? Uh, the grill, you know, and they fire it up. The grill, that one, I think. Okay, the smoker. What about the flamethrower, even? The fire pit. The barbecue, what about the hot stove? The hot stove, because then there's the flames and you're you're in the hot stove watching, no. Uh, the Inferno, what about this one? Okay, this is one of my, the incinerator. That's where you go. Instead of the Red Lot, we call it the incinerator. That's where you're going to watch. You know, even the Red Room, I like better than the Red Lot. I don't know why, but I do. The Smoke Show, you know, because it's this, no. Mm-mm. I don't know, I think either the broiler or the incinerator or the hot stove. I like those ones the red lot just doesn't do it for me okay doesn't blow my dress up the bns and 20 minutes or less podcast uh i've decided that i i think we should start a segment on the show uh for the laziest inventions in the world this is what i've decided because um there are some phenomenal gadgets out there for making sure you can be as lazy as possible and i don't mean this in a negative like these are genius but when you when you take a step back you just go my god now that is lazy and I'm thinking that maybe we should call it the Susan Award, because I think the OG of lazy inventions would be the lazy Susan, right? And if you don't know what the lazy Susan is, it's that that giant circular tray that you put in the middle of the table and then it rotates around. So instead of having two pass dishes at a family dinner, you just put them on the tray and then you turn the circular tray around to get what you want. Great invention. Great one. And it's hilarious because it's it's actually called the The Lazy Susan. So I think the first nominee into the Lazy Invention Hall of Fame should be the Lazy Susan. Well, here's something else I found that is just phenomenally lazy. Just unbelievably so. I saw an ad for a remote control that will scroll your TikTok for you. So if you're lying in bed and thinking, you know what I don't want to do is use all that energy to lift my finger to that screen to scroll to the next post on my TikTok... If you thought that, well this is for you. So what happens is you attach your phone to a tripod or something above your head because you don't want to have to hold that either, right? And then you put this remote control under the covers and you just click a little button under those covers to go to the next post. It's just one little button, you just keep it down there and then you just go, that's it. You can even like posts with the remote. You can click it twice and then you like the post. So again, you don't have to lift your hands and your arms and all that and hold your phone and do this. This remote control does it for you. Now that. Is phenomenally lazy so I'd like to nominate this please for the first okay golden Susan award I think lazy Susan would be proud the BNS and 20 minutes or less podcast a friend of mine works at a venue in town and was telling me about how ever since the pandemic they've had to change their expectations on how many people will actually come to an event And he was saying he said prior to the pandemic the percentage of people who would show up who purchased tickets to things was was really high right and you know you'd kind of expect around 90% of the people they're going to show up now he says the no-show rate is consistently around 30 to 35 percent though so they've now had to account for that when booking shows and doing these events and i've i found that kind of interesting i mean i guess it makes sense right because These are people who maybe bought tickets but still don't necessarily feel comfortable going out in big crowds or perhaps bought tickets and something else came up because, of course, with COVID, everybody's trying to rebook events and weddings and that type of thing. Or, you know, perhaps somebody in your family is sick and you're going, no, I'm not going to go out now. You're thinking twice about going out in that state, which, again, that's fine. I just found that kind of bizarre. This is even the case, though, with weddings. You can expect that even if everybody RSVP'd to your wedding about 30% of those will not show up. And that one I find a bit tougher to swallow because this is somebody who's who's fairly close to you, right? Like if you're invited to their wedding, I would say that you're probably pretty close. So if you do decide in this case when it comes to a wedding or something like that, that you don't want to go after all, you have to remember that these people have already paid for your plate of food, right? You've RSVP'd, they were expecting you to come, on average, a plate of food at a wedding can cost from, I don't know, 60 to $150 a plate or even more. So I'm thinking if, if that's the case when it comes to a wedding, say, the considerate thing to do would be to let these people know that you're not going. And again, everybody respects that. You know, you don't have to feel pressure to go. That's not the thing. But I would kind of send them perhaps the money as if you were going to the wedding. You know, if you were to show up and you were to give them a card, and you're going to put some money in it, do that anyway. Don't go to the wedding, but I still would say give them the money for what they're out when you do not show up last minute like that. I think that's fair. No, you've been listening to the BNS in
0: 20 minutes or less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have
1: BNS in 20 minutes or less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.